Welcome again to another episode of Creative Mind, and I'm your host, Bobby Bro. When I was about six or seven years old, I learned from watching Reading Rainbow, of course, what onomatopoeia was. You know, words that are the same as the sound, like snap and crackle, pop, bang, all those fun cartoon sounds and comic book thuds and whams. Of course, as I got older, I learned that was the basis for what we know as sound design. And for the last couple of episodes of Creative Mind, we focused on music composition, film score, and the overall sound that accompanies movies, video games, and other multimedia presentations. And in this sort of wrap-up episode, we're going to hear from Fred Newman. He's an actor, composer, comedian, musician, singer, in short, a sound artist. He paints with audio. And his credits include everything from being the voice of both the furry little mogwais and slimy green monsters and everyone's favorite 80s horror flick, Gremlins, to cartoons like Doug, and of course, as the sound effects artist for the radio homage, Prairie Home Companion. So for the next half hour, enjoy this journey into sound with Fred Newman. Imagine that you had a power. No, a superpower that you could sense the presence of a life force in total darkness or through that wall or maybe a quarter mile away and you could tell if that biomass was good for you or dangerous. Imagine if you had that power. You do. Right here. Your ears. What we'll do here for just a little while is I'm going to take you through sounds and some of the things about sounds that you may not know. And I know many of you are majors in, in audio and sound design, or maybe we have some actors here. I'm not sure exactly who's here, but it's all the same because sound underpins our entire culture and in fact all the cultures around the world. Sound is the binding unit and we don't have even words to talk about them. We think that, you know, dogs have great hearing, cats, oh, cats are cool because they, they actually have these parabolas. They, you know, they, they, they move backwards and forwards and amazing. Dogs to some extent, but yeah, they have the best hearing in terms of, of frequency. They can hear very, very high sounds. So we think we don't have good hearing. Oh, we do. We have easily the best hearing on earth. Not that we can detect sounds, but we have the best software to analyze what is a really small bandwidth. This tiny, tiny little vibrating signal. Who knows if you are awake that day in fifth grade when all sound is made by what? What does it take to make sound, people? What would it be? Did someone say vibration? Did I hear that? Didn't I? I but did, did someone say that? I just put that in your mouth. I'm sorry. Uh, it's the way it, that's what it is. It's, it's uh, vibrations, exactly. The difference between the softest sound and the loudest sound is 10 trillion times. That's huge. Let me give you, put that in perspective. Do you know the difference between a million, a trillion, a billion, and a trillion is if you think uh, a million seconds is about 11 and a half days. A billion seconds is 32 years. A trillion seconds is 32,000 years. And we talk about it with national debt, or you're talking about 10 trillion times 
That, that's the difference between a million, a billion, a trillion. This logarithmic, and if you, you know decibels and all the way they measure sound, it has to be done by logarithms because it's times, 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 10 times, 10 times, because it, the scale is so huge. So we can hear a whisper or the sprint pin drop. We can hear, we can hear those things, but then we hear the loudest sound that we know of are volcanoes exploding and this sort of thing. We perceive all that and everything in between. So we have these amazing ears. There will be some jumping around here, and that is because I'm dyslexic. I didn't learn to read until I was like fourth grade. And there'll be times when I, I, where I will jump around, and it's because linearity is very difficult for me, and that has to do with my own RAM. So there'll be times when we're t I'm talking to you, and I'll go off and do a little something on the side and forget where I am, and I'm going to say, what are we talking about? And you're supposed to go, oh, you'll tell me where I left off. Okay, so that's going to happen at some point. That's, that's it. But the thing about dyslexia, the upside of it is fantastic for comedy. It's fantastic for sound, where it gives its own. It's time-based. It's fantastic for, for jazz. I stumbled into the right profession given the limitations that I have, which in fact are better. It's enhanced what I do. When do you think that humans first broke the sound barrier? Anyone want to guess what that could be? It is the crack of a whip. When we first, even before we started domesticating animals, and I think they really started getting heavy whip use when they're domesticating animals, but a strip of leather especially a tapered strip. A bull whip is, starts out very thick up the top and gets thinner and thinner. That when you do a whip down, you're multiplying it 30 times out to that tip. And when it goes by, if you do it right, it breaks the sound barrier. And that's the crack you hear. The things I've learned about sound, in addition to these sort of gee whiz things, is that societies organize themselves off sound. Look first at the animal kingdom. And we just happen to be on the top of the heap with no predator animals above us, which is really fortunate. You don't want to be up there. That's where you want to be. In the, the anthropology of the world, the, the, the history of the world, all animals, they divide up with sound. Things like a bird with a high tweet, even higher than that, like two octaves higher than that. Very specific. Those birds live in places where they're usually smaller, but not necessarily. They don't want to sound a tweet that goes past its territory because then they'll fight with other birds. So the tweets are hidden in the forest very quickly. They usually are grassland birds, live on the edges of things. Those are high tweets. The bigger birds, crows, and they have a bigger range and they have to get their call across through trees. The really big in forest and so forth, you get the these kind of things, that cuts through in a jungle where low frequencies cut through. The lower frequencies cut through, they're longer wavelengths and they don't get scattered so much. How is this relevant to you? Extremely relevant. Because if I want to know who you are, I will, you, I could ask you questions, but if I just say, let me see your iPod, let me see your iPhone, let me see whatever you're listening to music on, let me see it, let me see what you're listening to, that tells me who you are. You, we all tribalize off sound. The number one way, where you are on the radio dial. Are you urban, are you country, are you Christian, are you uh, uh, NPR? Then you're really nerdy. Uh, <laughs> my people. Sound is how we tribalize. Accents, where are you from? 
I hear yeah, that we, we tribalize. And the tribal, tribalization is really interesting because now it's happening with Facebook. It's happening in different kinds of ways. So it's a, it's a whole new ball game with that now, what that means, tribalization. But you would wear certain kind of, you know, oh, he's got a thin tie on. What does that mean? You know, your clothes, you look at people's clothes, you know, but the, the, the sound is, is, is key for that. As humans evolved, things like the size of cities, the size of forts, in, in particular forts, were all constant around the world. And the reason for that was that people, they could only build walls out as far as they could call across. Some were extended because they would do flags and they'd do trumpets and other things, but all that was sound. Trumpets in battle, all that. That's sound-based communication. If you, in a medieval city, they all had a bell tower. And the bell, that's the parish. As far as that bell could carry, that would be the, the parish. And think about it, nobody had watches. They don't know what time to go to church or go to the cathedral or the minaret call to prayer. That, that's when, that would call in, in the, your, your temple or your, your place of religion, you was called by sound. So that's as far as it would go. And then they would build another one where, where you couldn't hear the call to prayer. That brings up a, a separate thing, a little sidebar. Because very interesting thing, what's happening, it's happening right now in Syria, and, and it's happening, it happened in Iraq, it happened in, in Afghanistan, where the battle that's been fought anthropologically is farmers versus herders. That's been going on since agriculture started maybe 10, 12, 13 years, thousand years ago, after the last ice age. That people, some people settle down, and it really happened like in Greece and around Athens, and they settled down and they started farming. So then they would bring their products to a central place market, and citizens were people who owned land and farmed, and Democracy happened because they're going to be there for the long haul. They're, they're, they're settled. They're not nomadic. They're there. Democracy happened first there. It's first that we know. And very, put that right there and then go over to a drier, more arid land where it's goats, it's, it's uh, herders. These herders, it's not about land. The value of the land is not so valuable. It's the value of deals, the value of who you're related to. You can't have vote which way do we go. No, what you do, your leader says, you go this way. Now, think about the music of those countries. Very interesting, there's virtually no harmony in the Muslim countries. It's polyrhythms, crazy rhythms, but there's a chanter, someone who leads that. Goes off the call to prayer. In democracy worked really well with Christianity because the mythology of many voices singing as one. So you could, something, requiems and the, and the, the choirs and this, this, this sort of mythology, and you, you went into this sacred space, an echo that will hold for seven seconds, the likes of which you could never hear any other place. You'd build that in the middle of a city and go in with a choir, with a hundred people singing in that choir. This was technology. The church owned it all. And they, they put up, uh, leaded glass windows, and they built these caves. There's some new information. This is another sidebar. There's a, a series on BBC called uh, The History of Noise. In that series, they looked at the cave paintings. Lascaux, and it was, wasn't Lascaux, but it was, it was some in Spain. I can't remember the name of them. They went into these cave paintings and went, why did they happen here? 
what, what was going on here 30,000 years ago? These are really old. These, I think, go back to 40,000 years. They had an ethnologist, a musicologist, go in, and he turned out his, in, in the British series, they call it a torch, but they, they turned out the flashlight and go in. And what he would do is tap and say things, say, j just sing little things. And where he got special standing echoes, he turned on the torch. Everywhere he did that, there were paintings. The reason they went into those caves, we've never had records of that, but is for sound. They went in because they would do, they found places on the wall where there just hundreds of, just thousands and thousands of chips. If you take a rock and chip it, it sounds like bird flight. You go, Hey, 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 hey. And you go, ah, uh, and you get a standing wave, and he goes, no. This was magic. This was you going into the netherworld in this cave. But the sound is, is so much a part of our cultures, and we really don't think about it. Now, put that as a base. And the reason I'm telling you this is because if you're in sound design and audio, it's not about making sounds. That's not difficult to do. It's getting the sounds in, making yourself open to the sounds and the metaphors of sounds, especially in film, especially when you're being manipulated by film. What I say is that all the information is on the screen. And when I say screen, it used to be the big screen, the smaller screen, and now it's in your pocket screen. All the information is on there. It's telling you who's talking and what they're saying but the, all the emotion is in the soundtrack. And we put it there. You do and we do. And that is a very powerful thing. I'm awed by the power, but every time I work on a new piece, you can make people feel a certain way. Thank you for listening to Creative Mind. And if you like what you are hearing, please don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever platform you are using so you never miss an episode. And please check out our new Facebook page at facebook.com slash creative mind podcast for more videos, interviews, and other great content from this and all our past and upcoming episodes. And if you have any questions or comments, please just let us know. Now, back to Fred Newman. It all changed for me when I was about, I'm guessing about six years old. I grew up in Georgia, and it's, this is like a hot summer day. It's mid-August. It's like the inside of someone's mouth, right? It just, it, it, the, 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 the sort of hot air comes up from the, the Gulf Coast and comes up the Chattahoochee Valley and it hits the Piedmont of Georgia and it dumps rain every afternoon in August, about four in the afternoon. And it may, it, the, you know, the asphalt's just hot enough to fry frogs on. It's just, you know, the, and they're all flattened out because they've been run over by cars and they just, they're like, they're translucent because they've just been dried out there. So the, I'm sitting in a pile of sand, and it's a big pile of sand, about, about as big as this, right off the ground. Beside me is this old black guy, and his name is Snipes. He's, he always said he was 90 years old. I don't know how old he was, but he wore overalls and he had a little fedora hat. He'd been there forever and ever. And we're sitting under a, a, a corrugated steel roof, old beat up thing. It's an old nail shed that they put sand in, and there's a nail keg right over here. And, do you know the word meniscus? It's a cool word. Meniscus is, is like in, in chemistry, you'll have it when you measure something and you wouldn't get the bubble just, just above the level, it bubbles up a little bit. That's the meniscus, it's like a lens. I'm sitting there, 
certainly did not know that word, but I'm sitting there, I can see the, the level of the, the water is just above, it's like, it is like a lens, but it looks like a piece of glass. I'm just right at the eye level. And there's one drop, the rain has passed, hot, 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 and there's one drop going bloop, bloop, real slow, bloop, like that. And Snipes beside me goes, Fred, you ever watched a water trip? No, sir. Look at it, watch it. Look at it. It don't look like a water drip, does it? And I looked at it, and as it came down, it looks more like a bullet. And he said, watch it. It's gonna go down, and it's gonna hit that water, and it's gonna blow a hole in it, like a crater. Boom, boom, it's gonna blow it open. And then that crater is open, and it's gonna start closing up like a balloon. And the lips on the top of that, you'll see it open up, and I could see it, I could go boom, it's like a, just a split second, you'd see it open up, it would close up, and as it does, the water pushes up, pushes the air out of it, and there's a little whoop, it goes boom, whoop, boom, whoop, boom, whoop. You see that? I said, yeah, I, I see that. He said, you can do that. What do you mean? Let me show you. Now, this guy has a picture his face. His face looks like a National Geographic relief map. This is old face, and he's got you know uh, silver hair. He's got whiskers here, it's real close, and, and he's got sort of yellow red eyes, and you know just this old guy. Uh, I mean the whites of his eyes are sort of you know just kind of the word. I think there's a word for that word, glaucus. Oh, by the way, meniscus is also that little half moon on your on your thumb on your fingers. That's meniscus, or the moon. If it, the dark side of the moon, when you see it's like a, a sliver of moon, and you see the rest of the outline, that's meniscus as well, I think. He says, here's what it sounds like. Now, I'm going to show you how to do this, but don't do it yet. Mm. He did that. I, so close, I could feel the heat of his face. And he did that right there. And I, that, that perfect, craggy, that face, out of it came this perfect rounded water drip sound. I couldn't believe it. And I said, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Show me how to do that. And he said, okay. And he, I'll show you how to do it. I can't really see it, the light's pretty bright, but you can do this. Breathe through your nose. Imagine you have water in your mouth. You, get, you spit the water out. When you spit water out, you don't blow it out. You don't do that, you go, you push your tongue out. You make your, you, you suddenly make your, you push your tongue forward and it pushes the water out. So imagine you have water in and there's two sounds. Now listen, now, I'm gonna do the sounds separately and then I'm gonna pull them closer together. That's what you wanna do. It doesn't have to whistle, but it helps if you can. This is awkward, but. Pushing the water out. And when I play the jaw harp up there, that's what I'm doing. Like. It's the same thing I'm doing. It's all resonance with your mouth. That is a really good thing to use for sound design, believe it or not. You can put it under things. You can, you can complement a note. You can put a little blip on there. I use a lot of vocal effects in, in the sound design that I do because it gives them a humanity. But let me tell you a little bit more about sound design. When I talked about earlier that the information is on screen. It is the sound 
that brings the emotion. The sound gives it, the music give, tells you what you're supposed to feel. And it can tug at you, you know it's coming. And you know, you can take a, take a I'm sure you've done this in class, you, you take a, like someone walking, and you can go, you can put, someone walking, and it's hilarious. It, you know something funny, you know, or, but you can do the same thing to like, you have walking, it's like the tramp, the sad tramp, Charlie Chaplin. You can, and it's, it'll change everything just by what music you put there. But the energy is the sound effects. And what I love doing is when you can make, it's, there's no difference between the sound effects and the music. It happens in film, here's the sound effects and here's the music, and on the day of the mix, which can be you know, a month of mix, but on that they put them together and see what conflicts. Oftentimes, it's not integrated enough. In the films that really do, where the scratch of the key in the lock becomes the pitch of the music, become, becomes the footstep, that those are, you just, there's a feeling of that where it's just all one thing. And that's just a, a wonderful way. That happened once in my life. The craziest audition ever was for, oh, what's the name of the movie? Practical Magic. Uh, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, in the movie, it's a so-so movie. But anyway, the, the, it, I get a call, 8.30 in the morning, and it was just pretty early in New York for a phone call. Hello, hey, is this Fred Newman? Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, I, can you do the sound of a frog throwing up a wedding band? I went, wait, 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 who is this? Well, yeah, wait, wait, I can't remember which you, but wait, 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 I'm with Fox, there's a movie with Nicole Kidman and, and Sandra Bullock, and, and this frog, he, he swallows her wedding band and then he throws it up. Can you do that sound? I said, well, yeah, I can. He said, can you do it right now for me? I said, okay, yeah. So I, I go, I mean, here I am. He said, you got the job. You got the job. Can you be here at 1030? And my bread and butter, especially in the film business, was when when they, they, they're done downloading, and this is before downloading, but they're done, they've got all the sound effects, right, they're doing frogs, and they're doing throw up, and they got, you know, they got the, they're putting the two together and overlapping them, cross-fading them, and they're pitching it up to make the, you know, and they can't do it because it's not organic. And the, the, the one thing I would tell you about sound design is that you don't want your sound sounding like everybody else. There's a lot of stuff that can go, footsteps, whatever, yeah. But, you can begin to color them. The key thing is to be in sync with the director. If there is music, then that'll tell you what the emotion is gonna be. But the energy of the scene, it's, it's all about energy. Each media has its different kind of energy. You know, theater, sound design, very different. You know, and, and how it's being delivered, how people listen. What the, the problem now is imagining your own imagination of what it would be. You, don't, you can't control the delivery anymore. It's, you're just as likely, you know, they're, they're not gonna see it on the theater, they're gonna, they're gonna see it in a group of 10 in a mini-series and then watch it on, a, on an iPhone. So, you know, in a, in a dorm, like with, with earphones, it's all frequencies and you wanna put, fill up the frequencies or at least separate the frequencies. So you've got high sounds here, low sounds, they don't compete with one another. It gets muddy real quick in the middle. 
and your voices are in that middle, the low to middle range. So you stay out of that, so your voices can pop out. And then you can do the reverb, which pulls it out away from the center. So, and then that's, that's really catch, because it, it will sound very false very quickly. But whatever works. The good thing about sound design is that you, and so different than doing live Foley, I, I don't think there's any other live recall need for live Foley is what I do on Prairie Home Companion. It's, I've got some, some coconut shells for horseshoes. I've got some, a thing of gravel that I put my fist in. I've got uh, some cellophane. I've got a, a dog collar, uh, like a chain dog collar that I use for any kind of mechanical kind of chains and things. And I, it's very improvisational, so I just sort of use what I can with my mouth. I use, I go <coughs> The thing that comes from nature is that there's no good low frequency sound. In nature, anything that's low frequency, it's thunder, it's earthquakes, it's, it's bad. And uh, crashing things, or whatever. so animals freak. You'll see a cat get down low. They, they, they freak with low frequency sound. If you, watched, if you watch any of the series, Breaking Bad or, or 24, you, when you hear Jack Bauer open the door and you go And sometimes it's so low you don't hear it, but you start, you, start, it's, you get restless. A lady walking up the steps. You know inside is a hideous, horrible monster with big teeth. You know inside that door. She goes up the steps, across a wood floor, opens her, and then starts to open the door. And she's eaten by the monster. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 Oh, she got eaten. It's the sound that it really does make that horrifying. This is like a boat sailing, like, The key thing here is it really keeping your ears open and thinking kind of poetically about sound. It, it's not a literal thing. If you want to hear more and actually see how Fred contorts and bends his face and vocal cords to make all these amazing sound effects, head over to facebook.com slash creativemindpodcast for the full video of Fred's talk from his visit to the Academy of Art University. And if you've ever dreamed of a career in art and design, keep in mind today's employers are always on the hunt for the next generation of talented and skilled creative professionals. At Academy of Art University, you will get the work-ready skills that employers want. You can study on-site in downtown San Francisco or anywhere in the world with our online programs. To request info about our 40-plus areas of study in art and design, including game development, graphic design, illustration, and UX design, just visit our website at academyart.edu slash creative mind. <laughs>